0: This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrialcom Podshock. Over eighty-five thousand titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. Now in the iTunes App Store. Live from large inside of an ice talk of a Dalek. It's Doctor Who, Podshock. <laughs> Galafran Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock Episode 307. No, I, I, well, I actually I think it's 308 now. Aren't we? Yes, 308. This is Lewis Trapani, and joining me is Dave A. C. Cooper. Uh indeed I am. Indeed I am. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought you hadn't heard me then for a minute. Uh, we'll do a
0: mind meld instead. Contact. I <laughs> don't have the sound effect for that. Well, just to give you a yep, little. It's good to be here. Uh, well, it's great to have you back. And, but speaking of clips, let's let's uh, give us a little taste of what we're about to review today. Uh, once again, this is Lou Trapani, and joining me is Dave Cooper, fresh off the heels of the Cultum Collective, and uh, and those that are joining us from the Cultum Collective, we welcome you as well, and and everyone else that are joined us right now live via talk show, you're welcomed as well, and um, and those that are listening later. Of course, you're always welcome. <laughs> and you can always join us uh, live as well. If you do, uh, feel free to give us a call. The number here while we're live is 724, which is the area code, then 444-7444. That's the phone number for Talk Shoe. And you can call, like I said, while we're live. And uh, the call ID for the show is 23358. And, um... And if you're not listening live, well, we always accept your feedback and want to hear what you have to say as well. You can always send us feedback. You can call the, uh, well, you can call the Podshock public call box, uh, or of course, you could also send us feedback at feedback at podshock.net. The public call box number is 206-337-4699. And um, we'll repeat those later on in the show. So, hey, Dave. You know, I, I, I had
1: a mathematics teacher with me now. Somebody called Mister Pink to help me out with all those numbers.
0: Yeah, you have, well, could. I definitely use uh, some help there with those numbers. But uh, it, <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you, you know, you get without your help, without that sort of assistance, you just get, you just be blue about it.
1: Uh, uh, and the reason why i was slightly. Del- uh, Flowing coming back to you there, I was actually just reading some numbers myself. I was just looking on the dot two news dot net site, saying that um, the overnight viewing figures for Into the Dalek, uh, five point two million in the UK watched Into the Dalek. Uh, just a, a share on a slightly under twenty five percent share of the total audience. So, um, well, uh, no doubt once they add in the uh, the you know the iPlayer ones, that'll boost that by a couple of million more. Seems a little bit low to me. That, but uh, there you go.
0: Well, well, that brings us to, the, to the, the the news item that I was going to bring up was that the the uh, figures for last week's show was very good. It was, um, I, I believe it was. Um, I, I don't have the numbers uh, um, with me, but I know nine point one seven. Yeah, so th- th- that was um, one of the. I think the biggest since. 2010 as far as um,
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it includes uh, The final figure is much more accurate than the uh, uh, Overnight one of course Includes all those who watched the programme one week from Transmission um, The final rating makes the dot two The second highest rating programme for the week On British television Behind the Great British Bake Off Which there was scandal upon you see that's probably boosted their ratings there was a big news item about that that boosted their viewing figures to 9.28 million
0: mm-hmm. also i don't and again i don't have the figures for this either but i just happened to notice yesterday when i was uh, checking itunes for the latest um doctor who episode last week's episode was still in the top 10 it was like number 3 so it's it's been enjoying a, um, its time in the spotlight on iTunes as well.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, for instance, of course, it was only a day or so ago that BBC3 uh, re-showed um, Doctor Who um, uh, Deep Breath. And one of the things now that's a bit of an advantage here in the UK that wasn't in the prior series was that BBC3 now is also HD. Uh, and there were snobby people like me who once had watched top Two in h d even though it was repeated on uh, 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 you know on the, the BBC one it was in h d even though it was repeated on BBC three. I would say, oh, it's in standard definition, I've not watched that. Uh, but now uh, I think there are more people that are quite happy to time shift if it clashes with something else because uh, they know they can still see it in high definition. And indeed, the BBC iPlayer, of course, now allows you to download it in both standard definition and high definition. So... Um, um, the, the whole way that things people consume this sort of thing is changing. But there's no doubt about it with that whirlwind tour, it's whipped up a frenzy. I think uh, the first episode was shown uh, fairly uh, near together in I think it was nine major countries were announced at the time of it airing. Uh, and obviously many more countries show it. Uh, I don't know really you call it syndication, but uh, what have you. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's made a, a certainly big impact within two weeks here. Uh, no doubt we're going to talk about that as the show develops.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right, um, so basically, I, that's really the, the the biggest news story that, that I was aware of was really the ratings and how well it did last week. I don't think I think there was any, any further developments of anything further that we spoke about last week as far as um, anything else goes.
1: Well... There are a couple of things. I mean, um, there was a, a into the Dalek poster. The, the Radio Times uh, produced a free downloadable poster for the. Yeah, for the I, saw that. I saw that. A little bit of uh, that. Uh, but on a very quick and uh, unfortunately sad note, um, you remember on PodShock only recently uh, we reviewed Enemy of the World, mm-hmm. uh, and Bill Kerr, who played Giles Kent uh, in that Enemy of the World one that we talked about. Has um, just died, age 92. Oh wow! Um, made his name here in the UK. Made his name here in the UK on radio with uh, Tony Hancock, uh, but he was in all sorts of things, and he was a became a great character actor as well as a comedian, mainly a supporting uh, actor. But uh, actually, I've seen him in a couple of things. He really was a good actor. Um, I'm trying to remember the the one that I most remember him from. Uh, and that's good because I can't even remember the name of the most memory one. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, it, was, it was the dam. Uh, it was the busters, wasn't it? I think he was in that. But he was in awful lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, a little bit of sad news. Uh, Ninety-two. One might say, well, uh, you know, it, it comes to everyone, but. Uh, as I say, it was only recently when we did those two missing episodes that had been uh "Enemy of the World" and "Weather Fear," and he played a major part in the "Enemy oh, of the World." Sure, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I hadn't heard about his passing, so um, you know, thanks for letting us know. Yeah, it's always uh, it's always sad when you know, obviously when stuff like that happens.
1: And if you want any other Doctor Who related news, uh, Doctor Who is going to come to Minecraft on the Xbox as well. That's another piece of news on Doctor Who News dot net, which is unusual, I think, in terms of the fact of licensing out the Doctor Who characters for Minecraft, which to me seems to be a, a, a big phenomenon. And the son plays it, and lots of people I know online. Yeah, uh, Logan, that's Bruce. Uh, Media outsiders. Uh, is a big fan of it. Seems to get people really involved
0: with it. Uh, yeah, I haven't played it. I know of it, I, but I, um, I didn't realize. So they're they're putting out like a a version of it that's Doctor Who themed, or there, or there somehow Doctor Who is going to be incorporated into it. Or I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Yeah,
1: yeah, the the the. the um... The Minecraft for the Xbox edition is going to be like a Doctor Who edition. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're constantly looking for new and inventive, in, innovative, those sort of ways, to bring Doctor Who content to royal fans. Working in collaboration with Microsoft, we created an exciting new product which will allow the Doctor Who fans to create our own brand-new adventures in the heart of this iconic, iconic world of Warcraft.
0: Well, hopefully it would be something good. I mean, I, I I mean I haven't played Minecraft, but I know it's very popular. But I've also played a lot of the recent Doctor Who video games, and they've been less than satisfying. <laughs> so I um, I'm always holding out hope that someone will get it right and um, and will have a good Doctor Who video game. If, if maybe if they they do, I you know if they ca- if they sort of like capture a model of like Simpsons Tapped Out or something like that. It's a very popular game where it's not. You know, violent. You're not shooting it or anything like that, but you can have fun with it. I, I don't know.
1: And, and sh- since, since we're doing a bit of news, let me also mention that Hooverville Six was on on Saturday. That's just gone, um, and that, that was. I mean, Peter Davidson was there. Saw um, uh, Luke from uh, the Minute um, uh, Podcast. Mm-hmm. He, he was interviewing him on stage. So that was at Derby, a one day event. Uh, organized by Steve Hatcher and uh, the, uh, you know, the Hooverville
0: group. Well, um, Peter Davison reminds me, uh, just bringing it to our listeners' attention, if you're not aware of it, um, it's available on iTunes, and I'm I'm assuming it was on BBC America and and it was on BBC, that uh, there were a couple documentaries that Peter Davison hosted, um, The Ultimate Time Lord and um, The Ultimate Companion, I think might have been the other one, um, which um, is um, interesting for any any Doctor Who fan. They're uh, approximately an, an hour each, maybe forty five minutes, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and, and as the name implies, one focuses on uh, Doctor Who uh, companions, and um, and the other, as uh, the ultimate Time Lord, is the ingredients that make up the Doctor. But it's it also covers Doctor Who in general. And if okay. you get the season pass from um, iTunes, it's included in that. All right. Well, I think without any further ado, we'll jump into our review. But before we do, as always... Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 All right. So as you get the drift, there'll be spoilers ahead. Spoilers. So, if you haven't seen Doctor Who into Dalek, into the Dalek, um, this week's episode, um, you may want to stop this episode, stop this podcast now until you have, and then. Um, but I'm sure if you're listening this far, you you, you know what we're doing, and um, you're here for the for the review, spoilers and all. So we're assuming that you have seen it. Where the hell have you been? You sent me for coffee. Three weeks ago, in Glasgow. Three weeks, that's a long time. In Glasgow, that's dead
2: in a ditch. It's
1: not my fault, I got distracted. I'm what? You can always find something. Come on.
3: Why were you smiling?
2: Was I? No, I wasn't.
1: You were smiling at nothing. I'd almost say you were in love, but to be honest... Honest? You're not a young woman anymore.
2: Yes, I am. Well, you don't look it. I do look
1: it. That's right. Keep your spirits up. Clara, 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 Clara. Clara Clara (laughs) I need something from you I need the truth
3: Okay
2: Right What is it? What's Uh. You're scared
1: I'm terrified Of what? The answer to my next question, which must be honest, cold, and considered without kindness or restraint. Glad to be my pal. Tell me, my good man.
0: sorry uh those that are uh, there were a few people in, po- in chat uh posting that the clip was breaking up and i know that happens sometimes on on the live show on the talk shoe live show uh it doesn't it's not on the clip itself and um on, on the recording of this show it won't be broken up so i uh, do apologize for those listening live um i don't know why that happens on talk shoe it's um i don't know if it has to do with um the um the volume or the noise gate that it uses um, I'm not sure.
1: It's usually upload speed. Anyway,
0: moving along. All right, so let's let's talk about um, into the Dialog It's now it's um it's directed well it's written let's let's go first with writing. It's it's written by Phil Ford and Stephen Moffat, and it's directed by Ben Wheatley and obviously it's the second episode of the new series of 2014 the second full episode with um, Peter Capaldi as the 12th doctor and Jenna Coleman as uh, Clara Oswald and it introduces a um what what i'm assuming will be an ongoing new character uh, Samuel Anderson is playing Danny Pink and um, you know which, which is introduced in this episode Just going back to the clip that was since we just played that clip, I have to say I I did enjoy the interplay there in that scene between uh, the doctor and and Clara there. And I also love the the um, relationship or the interplay again um, between Danny Pink and Clara and how that's that's coming along as well. It's um, interesting. Uh, Some of the editing that was done in the show, some nonlinear editing in this opening um in the opening of the well actually it extends further into just the opening it, um, but in the the first quarter of the episode, you see a lot of that kind of um sort of time shifting you know but uh, it it works to tell the story uh, but speaking of the opening teaser it, it did if you remember the how the episode opens and it, it right before the credits you, um, the doctor opens up uh, is, is, is brought into this room and you see a Dalek there it has wires and whatever attached to it so it did have a little echoes there of um, of the uh, the episode Dalek the the um, Christopher Eccleston episode called Dalek um, little uh, reminders of that there
1: yeah I think he was go- go- goading the uh, long time viewers of, uh, I mean I think there were a couple of chains there but I think he was I think that was deliberate, sort of, you know, uh, so, so just so that the fans yeah. are just about to scream, this is a rerun of Dalek. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. Just watch. Keep watching.
0: Yeah, well, I have to say that I've, you know, I, I, as a matter of policy, I try to avoid spoilers. You know, um, even, even though I do a podcast with Doctor Who, I try to avoid learning about the story content before their broadcast. I would rather see it fresh. So I know this episode had been leaked, I did not see it leaked. I, I understand. I don't know if it was a black and white copy. I think the the um, deep breath was leaked as well, and it was a black and white work work print or whatever. Um, I think they were, it was. Um, I forgot where it was from Brazil or was, know, South America. I think somewhere, and um, maybe I think they were in, they were using it to um, to put captions or clo- I don't know what whatever. Um, doesn't really matter. But it was it got on onto the internet, and I avoided it. Also, there was. Um, the script or a synapse of the story or something of that, and I avoided that as well. So, um, but what I couldn't avoid is the title, and the title is "Into the Dalek." And when I first saw that title, I said, "Oh no, they're not—they're not—you know—rehashing this theme of." going inside of a Dalek, they, they, they're, of course, speaking metaphorically, you know, figuratively, you know, getting inside. And, and it's weird because in the episode itself, you know, Clara and the Doctor have this dialogue. Um, well, how do you, you, know, Clara goes, well, how do you get into the into a Dalek's head? You know, thinking the, the same way. I was thinking maybe they, they, they weren't talking um, in the literal sense. And then the Doctor corrected her. And yes, it is that... Um, that that familiar theme that you know, and then doctor makes a mention of the movie. He it doesn't it doesn't say Fantastic Voyage, but he said you know it makes a um, it makes a good film. It, it, it would make for a good film, I think he says. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously they knew what they were doing, and, and they were trying to, um, you know, I guess um, maybe poking fun out of it themselves um, before the you know before the audience. But it's been a it's. Um, it 's a theme that's that 's seen its day in science fiction. Um, Lost in Space had an episode called Trip Through the Robot. Star Trek had the immunity syndrome. Um, even Doctor Who, the invisible enemy uh, they, they we, we go into um, the fourth doctor um, The clones of, of the fourth doctor and Leela are, are are inserted into the into the doctor so it 's something that we 've seen before. Though if you're a Lost in Space fan, it has – in Lost in Space, it's not uh, – they, they don't get shrunken down. Oh, oh, and you mentioned the Radio Times fly. Once I saw the Radio Times graphic, that image that you – that poster that you just mentioned, then I knew for sure they're being shrunk. <laughs> so I, I knew from that point, oh, they, they're, they're actually going to do it. But in the in the Lost in Space episode from 1967, Trip Through the Robot, it's sim- very similar because uh, except for they're not being shrunk, it's the robot uh, um, it gets larger, and then um, um, Will Robinson and and um, and Doctor Smith go into him, and later his father and and Don um, follow through as well. And if you indulge me, I have a, a little just this is a couple of minutes from that. And just you can hear some echoes from that episode. Um, again, it's not straightforward re- rehashing, but uh, I, I'm going to say they must have been inspired or giving nods to it because um, the the robot talks to them while they're in him. And um, there's some similar themes going on. So um, indulge me for a couple of minutes here.
2: I've got a solution for that, too. All we have to do is take off these four bolts. I failed to see how that would help. Well, that'll loosen the robot's treads and give us enough room. Room for what? To go inside the robot, of course. Then we can make our way to his chest section and make all the necessary repairs. Here. Good thing I brought these tools along.
1: Inside the robot. For the pain. The pain.
2: The pain.
3: Where should we go? Perhaps this way. Go no, this way. Oh, Dr. Smith. Warning, danger. Uh, what is it? It is my infrared heat-seeking laser unit.
0: Is it dangerous?
3: Exceedingly. Its purpose is to destroy alien bodies in my interior. Uh, do something, you blithering movie! Stop it. We are not alien bodies. Unfortunately, in here you are. very frightened
2: to tell you the truth so am i i better go find him
3: there is no time will robinson my power is rapidly dwindling if you do not accomplish your task quickly it will be too late
2: but what about dr smith
3: i shall locate and direct him to my computer zone he can meet you there
2: i guess you're right
3: now i shall give you instructions how to proceed listen carefully you must avoid the center section of my body as it is radioactive by going through my audio canal. Check. William! Oh, William, where are you? Oh, it's another one. Get away!
0: All right. <laughs> well, that's a little uh, clip from almost 50 years ago. Uh, it was 1967, so it's not exactly 50 years ago, but... Um, you can see um certain themes there that were um that, that were in use with last night's episode but it's okay sorry it's right, whatever you know probably the most of the audience there won't remember that lost in space episode or or maybe probably didn't see invisible enemy or or the or even fantastic voyage the movie itself but it's like i said it's uh
1: a, uh, uh william hartnell in planet of the giants yeah
0: so, but I, I love the fact that it takes place in the future in space; it's not on Earth. <laughs> so, it was good to see a, a little, like you know, a little taste of soap opera, a space opera there. So, but but, but getting back to the miniaturization, once they, you know, um, they, they get into the me- into this uh, the medical facility there, and the doctor recognizes what's what the equipment is, and um, you know, and it's it's used to miniaturize to go and, and treat patients and all that. It was just, uh, I felt it was, it it lacked any um, explanation why they needed to be miniaturized, um, why they couldn't really do what they had to do um, in a, um, you know, without being miniaturized, you know. It it, it just seemed like, okay, well, it was just a given that that's that's the way to do it. Maybe it is in this time in the future, you know. I, I I would just imagine that, you know, certain medical conditions require certain treatments and, um, and you know if you have a broken arm you wouldn't need to be miniaturized to fix a broken arm so um, I, I just it didn't seem like there was enough explanation on why they needed to go inside the Dalek to find out why this Dalek is different than other Daleks
1: well, well, they did say that they'd, they'd found it, and they hadn't realised at first that there was a creature inside it until they heard its screams. And then presumably they, they realised or thought that if they tried to remove it from its encasing to operate on it, that would in itself kill it. And basically they had it on life support. Uh, and then this opportunity came because they didn't know the Doctor was coming. They hadn't sent for him. He he was simply... Uh, the, the, the soldier, Journey uh, Blue, that he'd saved, he was bringing her to the, the ship. Uh, I thought it was slightly mistitled because it was something like um, a, a nano-something. Well, we all know about nanotechnology. I mean, that's almost smaller than you can see. And these seem to be... Uh, especially when you see Clara looking out through... Into the, into the room they, they seem to be shrunk down to something like I don't know, one inch in size or something of that order that certainly had to be small enough we all know what the size of a, a yeah. man's eye stalk yeah, is the, they, the they, were, they weren't microscopic uh, they
0: about were just, six yeah. or eight
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, they weren't microscopic they weren't injected in via a syringe or anything, mm-hmm. I quite like the effect as they went through the eye, I'm assuming the, the implication there was that the, the eye has some sort of you know, fluid like our own eye has inside it. Although they seem to be breathing, so maybe it wasn't fluid. It was some sort of, um, you know, porous membrane that they had stepped mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, I, I thought it... it and it, it worked that quick editing at the beginning. It did, however, undercut for me some of the things that I mentioned, uh, as I said, from uh, Deep Breath last week. Uh, the fact that, you know, we had that surprise with Matt Smith, doctor, calling in, mm-hmm. asking Clara to help him through uh, his regeneration. And uh, and then the doctor appealing to her, don't talk to him on the phone, I'm here in front of you. You know, I need your help. And then here we have straight away, uh, you know, she's back at school. And she, as you say, when the doctor arrives with those cough, uh, coffee or tea, whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, she said, you've been gone for three weeks. And in that time, he's he's, uh, redecorated the TARDIS. He's got his new outfit. He seems very much more composed as he did in the first episode. So if he needed her, why did he disappear from her for three weeks? Now, admittedly, it was three weeks in Clara's timeline.
0: Yeah. You could could
1: argue, well, it may have been no time in his. But on the other hand, he had developed a look, a style. He had changed the interior of the TARDIS. Um, For all we
0: know, he could have been away, you know... Many well, number of years. Didn't he, sure he, he changed, writers... didn't he change the interior of the TARDIS last episode in Deep Breath? Um, you know, and uh, Clara says, oh, I don't like it, you redecorated. Oh, it might have done, yeah. yeah. But
1: it, certainly the point is that in this initial stage where he's asking for help, he's been absent for most of it.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was kind of surprising, too, how this opened. I'm like, well, where's Clara? Where's Clara? You know, I'm looking underneath the council. I'm looking, you know, I don't see her around. And then, you know, then we figure out, oh, she dropped, he dropped her off on Earth again. You know, it's, we're doing one of these things here, um, which um, the 11th Doctor did um, for a time there. Kept on going back and picking up Clara and dropping off her, you know, she wasn't staying on board.
1: Yeah, Ar- 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 she was abandoned, and he, he, you know, he wondered, perhaps in his days, and perhaps Clara understood this, that uh, he'd he got back to the TARDIS and, uh, and flew away, forgetting that he had a companion at that point. Yeah. He's been off having uh, Big Finish adventures. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, Sharaz.
0: Maybe one day. Right, right now their license don't include these newer Doctors. I think that they can only use, Big Finish can only use, up until um, the Eighth Doctor, I believe. But you never know that, uh, that 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 could change one time in in some time.
1: So, so did you think this uh, episode uh, went in terms of pacing? Because one of the things that I, well, a few people that I know criticised. First one was because it was the the feature length episode. Um, the pacing seemed to be a little to and fro. This to me seemed to be um, very much uh, you know a standard episode, but. Um, I'm trying to think of the nearest thing to it. I mean, almost it springs to mind something like 42 to me. Uh, not the storyline, but in terms of, you know, you're thrown
0: right mm-hmm. into the deep end. Yeah, I thought the pacing was quicker, uh, especially the second time, you know, watching it the second time. It, it just seems like whiz by much quicker. Um, it always happens because the first time you're absorbing everything and, and it just seems to take, you know, a little longer. But I, I did think the pacing was was quicker and perhaps... The resolution was, was kind of quick too which um, seems I mean it, um, it seems to be sometimes the case with with Phil Ford I'm not saying anything bad about it but I'm just saying it seems like it just sort of um, you know um, the, the Daleks at the end Rusty says that um, that he sent a signal to uh, the other Daleks you know went away and and then the episode sort of comes to an end and we don't really know you know, so as Rusty's saying there, you know, it 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 didn't it wasn't satisfying in that respect. You know, it felt like there was it, it left me wanting well, the, more. Well, the implication the implication was he'd gone off to to fight them, hadn't he? I yeah, don't know. He'd Gone off to, to, he, he, he to was, carry on his war. He was heading him. to the door, and that was that was it. You know, <laughs> I, it, it, I don't know. I, right. Uh, I mean, there, there, there was. I mean,
1: I mean, not a spoiler for any future story, but in the actual leaked script, apparently there was a a further development in that storyline that was left at that point, maybe, as you say, leaving it a little ambiguous. But um, the resolution, that if there was any quick resolution, and even the Doctor said again, there seemed to be an awful lot here, by the way, of of the writer, or maybe you could say Stephen Moffat, uh, adding these touches, to try and deflect uh, fan criticism, I mean, for instance, um, mm-hmm. we had the uh, the uh, solid screwdriver used as an art welding torch to seal up this uh, this two-inch the the thick metal scar, yeah. radiation leak. Uh, and it's almost as though I know the fans will be saying, "Blooming, you could use the blooming solid screwdriver for everything." So we better put a line in there, you know. Sometimes a quick resolution is an anticlimax. You know what I mean? Um, uh, there seems to be a lot of this self-effacing
0: commentary within the storyline. Yeah, well, like I said, they even touch—they even, you know, touch upon the movie without saying that Fantastic Voyage. If they, you know, the Doctor says it would make a great movie. It would, you know, he—he he, he, again, it seemed like the same thing. You know, he's sort of like apologizing for it uh, before it happens, or or ag- acknowledging it. Maybe it might be a better word.
3: Daleks must die Daleks must die
2: So, what do we do with a moral Dalek then?
3: We get into its head
2: mm. How do you get into a Dalek's
3: head? That wasn't a metaphor
2: These are nanocontrollers. And once we're miniaturized, they take over the molecular compression When the mission's over, hit the button I'm Not Are you sure you understand? Why wouldn't I? Because this is a dangerous mission and you look like a schoolteacher. I am a schoolteacher.
0: Still didn't catch your name.
2: Journey. Blue. Blue. Blue, yes. Problem. <laughs> oh, uh, I just met a soldier called Pink. Lucky fella. Lucky. And the way you smile. So, it uh, who makes you smile? There's nobody up for the job. My brother. But he burnt to death a couple of hours ago, so he's really letting me down today. Excuse me.
1: What are those
2: ones for? I don't need armed babysitters. We're not babysitters. We're here to shoot you dead if you turn out to be a Dalek spy. Well, that's a relief. I hate babysitters. Okay, listen up. Now, remember, do not hold your breath when the nanoscaler engages. You'll feel like you want to, but you must keep breathing normally during the miniaturization process. Why?
1: Have a microwave the lasagna without pricking the foam on top. It explodes. Don't be lasagna. Nanoscaler
3: engaging in it. five, four... Two, now let's get Nine. Skilling successful, everyone okay in there? We made it,
2: nobody popped.
1: There's quite a few one liners in there, wasn't there? You know, I uh, thank God, industry not babysitters, I hate babysitters. And uh, mm-hmm. there's another thing where he introduces uh, Clara as um, he's not, she's not his assistant, and she says, I'm his carer.
0: Yeah, so and, I, uh, she the,
1: cares, the, the, so I don't uh, have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those, were, th- those were lovely lines. Uh, and, but, I mean, this is a bit of a transition, isn't it? I can Can you imagine the Matt Smith as, as in the Lodger episode knowing how you could cook a blooming lasagna in a microwave? Even, I mean, the, the, the change yeah. is
0: so... Yeah, Matt so Smith was a... In, in especially in larger he was he, he was uh, a fish out of water you know and he seemed so um alien to um, to um you know earth culture and then which is kind of bizarre since the, you know he spent so much time on earth you know he, he, you would think he'd yeah. have caught on a little bit more so that his um behavior in, in larger seemed a little out of place so but um i i, I think um I don't know. I, I do like um, Peter Capaldi's more of a his laid laid back approach. You know where um, both um, the tenth and eleventh Doctors were sort of I, I don't know how to kind of describe it, but like jumpy and and sort of hyper and um, and, and uh, Peter Capaldi's more uh, you know laid back. Uh, Tom in Chat says um, he's more serious or. Um, you know, so I, I like. I'm, I'm enjoying that approach a little bit more. You know, to the Absolutely. character. Um, how, how did you
1: cope with his um, his, his uh, delivery of lines? Uh, did you find that uh, you were able to follow it? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I know it sounds scenic because Craig Ferguson came from the same place. So I was thinking, uh, you can almost hear Craig
0: Ferguson play,
1: delivering some of those lines.
0: Yeah, there's. Uh, I I don't know if it's um, if it's iTunes or if it's if it's just the the Doble mix or whatever. Sometimes it's hard to um, to discern what um, not not so much him, but some of the other characters. Um, you know, like uh, um, was it Journey's Blue? I I didn't Journey Blue. I didn't I didn't catch her first name was Journey. I I you know. It was, it was, just stuff like that little like little right. things here and there i I would miss and, um, and and again, i wasn't sure if it was just me or or it was just that they're they're talking quickly and and I'm just missing it between the accent and perhaps um you know uh, whatever else is going on sound wise in the scene All right. so i it is interesting that i I guess it was deliberate that they they had a character named Blue well, they had two characters because the other one was the uncle, um, but she was um, uh, the, uh, traditionally, cliche-speaking, blue is for boys and pink is for girls, and you had the male being pl- <laughs> pink and the female major character being blue.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. and that's why I'm wondering whether this this actual uh, t- new teacher at the college school is actually not going to be, you know, a, a contemporary, you know, a, a person from Earth Who's, uh, who's at Coal Hill School just as a standard teacher. I- I'm wondering whether the, the war that he's, you know, what he has not seen in the, the classroom where he's upset about somebody he'd killed, uh, whether in actual fact he's a refugee from a, a different time, a different war zone, uh, maybe even from the same time as this uh, Journey Blue, maybe, you know, from a different continent or a different uh, a, a different. Aspect of that, maybe the different regiments, you know, were different colours of, uh, you know, sign different colours to differentiate between them. Um, and uh, there, there was a lot of things here that, um, that, that developed the story. But I, I mean, there was, first of all, there was what seemed at first to be a slightly callous thing when they were inside the Dalek and um, one of the uh, soldiers, you know, fires off. And the doctor says, no, 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 don't do that. You've uh, you've set off its immune system, in a sense. And uh, we think, oh, well, the doctor's going to save him, the doctor's going to save him. He, he says, here, swallow this. And we think, you know, it's some, I don't know, some gadget that he, that he keeps in his pocket. And it's not. It's a, a, a little miniature power source. And once he's swallowed it, he'll be able to um, follow where they take the remains to. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And uh, he has to say to, to the other one, no, I, was, I wasn't saving him. I was saving us. Uh, which underlines the earlier point about, you know, I don't need to care because Clara does. Mm-hmm. But he does care about those he can save. Uh, that person, unfortunately, uh, they'd already, uh, you know, been lost, as it were.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was dead already. He, it was something like that, he said. Um, just to remind um, those we, uh, those that are listening, maybe after the fact that during the live show we also have chat going on as well, so you could participate that way. Um, Jim and Kathleen in chat uh, wrote, "I love Capaldi, but he's hard to understand. Good thing we watch him watch them over and over again." Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, guest seven says, "Funny, I understand perfectly clear. We watch we re- I rewatch on Amazon, not iTunes." So. Um, so yeah, uh, I you know I, I guess it depends on what maybe um, um, what sound system you have and um, you know and maybe what what you are used to hearing or something like that. But it, 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 I, I've noticed there was a few words there that I need to um, that I missed that I need to um, rewatch and catch. Oh, and and Kyle had mentioned putting closed captioning on, um, you know, so that's not an issue and that's a good idea too. You know, if you find yourself missing yeah, words. To Kim-
1: McKinnon um, uh, was he put um, he talks too fast Scotch speech his accent can't uh, make out his talk um, he's a little bit too Scottish I think they're
0: uh, implying there um, yeah that's that's Tom um,
1: And uh, I, but I love uh, Kapal- I'm j- jumping a few bits here I love Capaldi uh, Scottish to the core. Oh, I uh, sorry, I can understand him perfectly because he's Scots like me. Sorry about that. Must have been reading from an earlier bit. Uh, yeah, Chairman Kathleen, just getting used to his accent. Once I do it, I'll be fine. But yeah. I, 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 I said earlier today, um, he, he was talking, sounding so much like Craig Ferguson. Uh, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if he called the Dalek Jeff, not me. <laughs> Uh, and Jeff is, of course, the skeleton that he has on the late, late show.
0: It, you know, he he's leaving that he's no longer going to be doing the, that late, late show. So his time, I know he's he's doing some other game show or something like that, but maybe his time might be more flexible. Maybe he he could do a guest spot on Doctor Who. It would be interesting to see, um, you know, see him on the show in in a, in a guest role. Uh, I, know he's... I mean,
1: overall, I, I, I like this episode in terms of... Uh, it was one of the few episodes recently where I've actually enjoyed it on first viewing. Uh, I've watched it, uh, well, we're doing clips probably three times now, and I was worried that it was going to be one of these episodes that is actually very good on first initial viewings, but then when you started examining it, it would start to fall down. But I don't think so. I've, I, 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 this is probably... One of the easiest episodes that I've found to just actually sit and watch the episode and uh, follow it through. There's enough background material. There's, a f- there's enough little in jokes. There's some great little sayings. We've mentioned a few already. Uh, I love the uh, fact that we had the uh, the Dalek saying "Resistance is futile." Mm-hmm. Although whether that should be more appropriate in a, you know uh, with the Cybermen on board, because of course it's a skit at the uh, uh, the uh, the Borg, isn't it? Uh, using that line. Uh, there was another line where the Daleks say um, seek, locate and destroy which uh, reminded me very much of Blake 7 um, mm-hmm. and I was saying before earlier that, indeed there's, um, there is actually an episode of Blake 7 called S- Seek, Locate yeah, and Destroy I was just say where that. Travis is sent to uh, yeah from episode 6 I think it was um, it was nice to see the the, uh, the captain there, uh, Michael Smiley, pl- uh, who plays in uh, I know him from Luther. He himself, know him from Luther. He was the bearded soldier, uh, mm-hmm. the one that played Uncle. Uh, there was an awful lot in this. Uh, I thought the inside of the Dalek was very well realised. The only thing that sort of threw me slightly out of it. Um, was that I always thought that the brain or the body of the Dalek was much higher up in it. This seemed to be showing it sort of really down in the centre part of the Dalek. But I suppose they had to have some sort of descent. You know, if they sort of walked through the outer skin and the first thing they saw was the objective, it wouldn't have been much of a journey into it. And um, of course, I'm sure, like you, Ian, the uh, Ian Blimey, uh, Lewis <laughs> reminded you of uh, the
0: miniscope and the the Third Doctor story, kind yeah, of Yeah, that's, the that's true. That's I, I didn't I, I, I didn't think of it until right now. Yeah, that's true. I was hard to see, hard to figure out the geography of inside the Dalek because, um, like like you said, I, I always see the Dalek being more towards the center upper portion of. You know, like the the the, the chest area or neck area, or whatever the chest or in that area. Um, in fact, we in in the episode Dalek, going back to the Christopher Eccleston episode. You know, the Dalek opened up its um, armor to reveal itself, and that's that's really where it was. And, and we've seen it before in past Doctor Who episodes, and that's another reason why, if they wanted to. Um, to figure out, you know, I guess maybe this Dalek couldn't do it or whatever, and that's why they had to miniaturize themselves and, and get in there to figure out what's going on. I don't know. It's, it's, it seemed to lack an explanation why they had to go inside the Dalek itself and why couldn't it just open itself up like we saw it in the past. Uh,
1: but we ha- we have had, again, uh, an episode where we've had a Dalek that's been affected, uh, the one that got trapped in the Time War. Um, the the um, mm-hmm. uh, Was it Genesis? was it? Um, the one that got uh, I Dalek, not Dalek Khan, was it?
0: Something like that, yeah. I, 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 I seem which to one remember, it is. yeah. It, it's, it's hard yeah, to keep, the, the, the one, hard to keep Kahn up Kahn, with all I the Dalek stories.
1: It. Yeah, Dalek Khan, it was Dalek Khan. And it was, oh, Jenny's End, Stolen Earth. Hey, I might have got two things right there. there is, I better be quiet. <laughs> ding. <a> ding. <laughs>
0: We'll be back shortly with our live review of Into the Dalek. Into the Dalek is obviously a Dalek story, and it comes right on the heels of the regeneration, the post, the first full post-regeneration story with uh, Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor. So usually when there's a regeneration, it's usually um, <laughs> what usually follows not soon after that is a Dalek story so the new Doctor can uh, face his old foe once again. And uh, this was no exception here with Peter Capaldi um, having the second story of his uh, being um, a Dalek story. But the tradition goes all the way back to the first regeneration. The first regeneration, when William Hartner regenerates into Patrick Troughton, the second doctor, was the regeneration story, was the post-regeneration story. And that was the power of the Daleks. Um, That goes back to 1966. So we're going to go back then. Um, for our selection for Audible this week. As you know, Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150 titles. I mean, over 150,000 titles. Uh, They have over 150 titles too, but over 150,000 titles uh, to choose from in all different genres. That includes thrillers, romance, business, uh, comedy, and of course, science fiction. They got lots of science fiction. Um, and a big selection of Doctor Who among that, Audible titles will play on on all different devices, including your iPhone, Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you listeners of Doctor Who, Ponchok, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check them out and see if you like them or not and um, if you decide that it's not for you fine you can cancel anytime and you keep your free audiobook it's yours to keep no strings attached to download your free audiobook simply go to audibletrial.com/pachock again that's audibletrial.com/pachock for your free audiobook and if you can't get to that URL right now or you can't write it down you're driving or whatever have no fear go to podshock and you'll see links to the offer there as well so as I said what we try to do is uh make a re- recommendation uh but you could choose whatever title you you like that they have to offer for free um so um but um as i said we we do try to make a a um recommendation that somehow relates to what we're discussing this week in Doctor Who podshock so Doctor Who the power of the Daleks by david Whittaker. it's um it's it's a um it, it takes the original audio from the episode with linking narration by Annika Wills. And so you'll hear Patrick Troughton as the doctor. And um, and, and as I said, Annika Wills, who plays Polly in the story, uh, narrates um, everything so that you're not in the dark of what's going on that's not in the dialogue itself. So, uh, yeah, this is um, the first... This is when... This is... It's historical because... It's not only the first time that the second Doctor meets up with the Daleks, but it's also the first time in Doctor Who that there's been a regeneration. I mean, we take it for granted now, but this was a unique idea. This was something that um, if proved to be, you know, if it it it, failed with the fans and it didn't, you know, if they didn't accept it, we wouldn't be watching Doctor Who or it would be a very different show now. It would be probably a reboot or whatever, a remake and but what they had the unique idea is um, is to have the main character after um, if, if he 's injured or um, comes to the end of his natural life term whatever he can regenerate and renew himself and so this is this is i 'm going to play a scene, and this is actually their reaction to it you know the, um, you have um, as I said Polly isn 't it played by Annika Wills. And also Ben um, is uh, one of his other companions. So you'll hear them uh, both here reacting to um, Patrick Troughton's doctor right after he regenerated um, from William Hartnell. So this was like the first time. And um, and they're on this planet. Uh, I believe it's Vulcan. No, no, no relation to, um, <laughs> to pointed-eared um, uh, likenesses that we're familiar with in Star Trek. But this is... Um, uh, but, but they meet up with, um, these, uh, creatures and metallic, um, um, armor or, um, tanks or whatever, which, um, we know to be Daleks. So, uh, but anyway, let's, let's hear a little bit from the power of the Daleks right now.
2: a mirror, Isn't it? The man gazes intently at his reflection. The face in the mirror has a mop of black hair and dark green eyes. Momentarily, the image blurs and changes to that of an older, white-haired man before changing back again. Apparently satisfied, the man turns his attention back to the storage chest. Have you done with this? Put it down, put it down. Now, what's the guy? The man turns, cheerfully brandishing an ornamental dagger.
3: The Crusades. Saladin. The doctor was a great collector, wasn't he?
2: But you're the doctor.
3: Oh, I don't look back in. Who are we? Don't you know?
2: The man rummages further and pulls out a piece of dull silver metal. His look of mischief fades as the object triggers a very clear memory. Extermination. The man stuffs the metal into his pocket. His concern turns to delight as he unearths a magnifying glass. He begins a careful study of his hands. good. Nails need growing. Ben takes the doctor's ring from Polly. Now look, the doctor always wore this, so if you're in, it should fit now, shouldn't it? And slips it on the man's finger. It's far too big. There, that settles it. I'd like to see a butterfly fit into a chrysalis case after it spread its wings. Then you did change. Life depends on change and renewal. Oh, so that's it. You've been renewed, have you? I've been renewed, have I? That's it.
3: Been renewed. It's part of the TARDIS. Without it, I couldn't survive. Come here.
2: Unexpectedly, the man rounds on Polly. Come here. Still rather nervous of this strange interloper, Polly steps closer.
3: The doctor kept a diary, didn't he?
2: Yes. I thought so. I wonder where. I wasn't aware. Ben and Polly watch as the man resumes his search of the chest very different doctor Ben
3: yeah maybe just where do we stand though?
2: the man has found something else in the chest a recorder he removes it with great care and stands flexing his fingers over the holes his expression is one of pure childlike joy and convinces Polly that it's time for her to trust her instincts about the man's identity man dances a jig as he plays, stopping only when he spots the missing diary. Doctor. Tucking the recorder into his jacket, the doctor begins to read. Doctor, what's going to happen to us? I
3: think, I think we must have landed for some time. I think it's time we went for a stroll.
2: The doctor grabs a stovepipe hat from the chest. Engrossed in his reading, he moves to the console and opens the TARDIS doors. But you don't know where we've landed! No, you haven't checked the temperature or anything! The doctor doesn't even look up from his book. Oxygen density 172, radiation bill, temperature
1: 86. Strong suggestion of mercury deposits.
3: Satisfied, Ben? Now, are you two coming or are you not?
2: That's no, as he said. Ben, didn't
3: you hear him? Yeah, I heard. He might just have been copying you, though, mightn't he?
2: The TARDIS has landed in a misty swamp. The ground is rocky and pitted with small bubbling pools, which occasionally spray a fine silver mist into the air. The doctor wanders away, still fascinated by the contents of the diary. Strolling directly towards a small pool of mercury, he is apparently oblivious to any danger, yet manages to successfully circumnavigate the obstacle without once looking up from his reading. Suddenly realizing what he's done, he stops and looks back, delighted at having outwitted the obstruction. (laughs) But then he looks down and sloshes out of the watery puddle in which he is now standing.
0: Are you coming, you two?
2: doctor continues on his way. After a short distance, he stops once more. A boulder blocks his path. Pulling a tape measure from his pocket, he takes some extensive measurements of the rock and scribbles some calculations on an empty page of the diary. The doctor glances round him. The boulder stands in a clearing, and he could easily walk round it, but a look of mischief crosses his face. Backing up a few steps, The doctor looks down at his legs, flexing his knees. Time i put you through some tests, I think. Breaking into a run, the doctor successfully leapfrobs the boulder. Hello! A newcomer has entered the clearing. Hello! Is there anyone there? Hello!
3: Hello! Why don't they come?
2: He catches sight of the doctor.
3: So you've come at last. I'm from Earth. I'm the example!
2: The man crumples to the ground, shocked. <laughs> Horrified, the doctor's about to dive for cover, when the thought occurs to him that the man might still be alive. He pauses and glances back at the cover of the rocks before, keeping his head low and looking warily about him, he approaches the fallen figure. Turning the body over, he sees that it's too late. The man must indeed have died instantly. Searching for some kind of identification, the doctor finds a large round badge. Automatically reaching into his top pocket, he pulls out a pair of wire-rimmed spectacles and puts them on. He squints at the badge and moves it backwards and forwards, trying to focus on it. Yet all he can see is a misty blur. He removes the spectacles and tries again. This time the text is clear. Realizing that he no longer needs glasses, the Doctor returns them to his pocket, then reads aloud from the identity badge. Earth examiner, accord every access. Vulcan. Behind the Doctor, a figure looms out of the mist. Wearing an all-concealing white suit and goggles, the figure trains a pistol on the Doctor's back. Doctor, where are you? The Doctor turns at the sound of Ben's voice. The figure dodges out of sight. Close to the Tardis, Ben and Polly are exploring the swamp. Oh, and hot. Hmm. Do you think the airs like this
3: everywhere?
2: No, nah, it might be just around here. I don't want too many lungfuls of it, I know that.
3: Here, yeah, when I was a kid, we used to live off a brewery. You could take a walk and get tipsy all in one go.
2: It's beautiful. Oh, don't touch it, Polly. I wasn't going to... It's quick, so It gets through the pores. Jeez. Where is that doctor or whatever he is, got to. As Ben moves away, a cloud of mercury vapor catches Polly full in the face. <coughs> hey, Polly! Hey, doctor, whatever you are, quick to tell me how to Polly! The doctor heads back to the TARDIS at a run. Quick, open inside! Pistol raised as a bludgeon, the suited figure steps out behind the doctor and knocks him down. The doctor grabs at the figure briefly before sinking to the ground, unconscious. Working quickly, the stranger presses something into the doctor's palm, then drags the examiner's body away. The doctor is left sprawled on the ground, a button clutched in his outstretched hand. Meanwhile, Ben is trying to drag the unconscious Polly to safety. Another cloud of mercury vapor rises from the pool. The last thing Ben sees before he passes out is a white-suited figure holding a pistol, approaching fast. Sometime later, a young man in a white survival suit, goggles pushed up over his head, is kneeling beside the seemingly unconscious doctor. Another older man, similarly attired, approaches. Ah, there you are. What have you got there?
1: My people have found two more of them by one of the pools. This one's got a nasty bruise on the back of his head. All over his feet and knocked himself out, I suppose. I suppose so.
3: Why don't they use the kit resemble? Yes. The other two have had a rather bad dose of fumes. The girl has anyway. Girl? Yes.
2: But she'll recover. Ben and Polly are helped into the clearing by two guards.
1: These comic up guards of yours do have some uses after all. I picked them for their physical fitness. I thought it wasn't for their IQ. (laughs) Give me a hand with the examiner, will you? I wonder why Earth has chosen to send an examiner to Vulcan. Just now, I mean. I don't know. It's
2: a mystery, isn't it? He isn't due for another two years. Ben is recovering. How do you feel? <coughs> we saw your rocket overshoot the landing area. Uh, I? Don't worry.
1: Most of the ships from Earth do overshoot. I'm Quinn, Deputy Governor. Very good. Head <laughs> of security. Let's get
2: them all back, shall we? I'll
1: take the go. Yeah, you two. I'll carry the examiner.
2: <coughs> the guards lift the doctor between them.
3: I suppose you Earth people can't wait to examine Lesterson's space capsule.
2: Hi. Ben is startled as the doctor winks slyly at him. Lesterson, chief scientist of the Balkan colony, is sitting in his laboratory polishing an oddly shaped piece of metal. A huge space capsule dominates one side of the room. Lesterson's assistant, Janley, joins him. Look at this. It just
0: brought in an examiner from Earth. Again, that was The Power of the Daleks. Um, it's a story by David Woodtaker and... It's um, original audio from the episode with Lincoln Narration by Annika Wills. And this could be your selection, if you wish it to be, for your free audiobook. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, simply go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And now let's get back into the Dalek. Are we up to a point
1: where you can bring anybody else
0: in? Yeah, we, we, I, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, um, we have Kyle in the queue. If anyone like to um, join in uh, once again, you can um, always call in during the live show at 724-444-7444. And the call ID number is 23358. We do the live shows on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And, um, you know, it, even though we're slotted for an hour, you, we usually go longer than that. So if you're, uh, you know, if you can't join us on the Internet at that time, you can always call in, you know, during that time for our show. Um, so, yeah. Um, and if you do, I think if you put yourself into the queue by hitting star, the asterisk key on your on your phone, star eight, I believe will put yourself in the queue. So let's get, uh, let's bring back Kyle back on the show. He joined us last week, and he's um, he's back with us again. Welcome back, Kyle.
3: All right. Good afternoon, everybody. How's uh, looks like we're all stuck inside of Dalek today? So I'll yes. give a few things that that I thought about. Um, first off, I thought uh, I'm really getting into the intro. Um, I'm hearing more and more of the Tom Baker uh, music, especially at the beginning. So I'm mm-hmm. really starting to enjoy that. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I was curious to see if anybody else noticed it too, did you notice that Danny had a limp whenever he was walking? Um,
1: yes, and could this, be a uh, when for him. he was walking across the school playground.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm wondering, especially at the end, when the doctor didn't uh, take the other girl with him because she was a soldier. I wonder if that's going to play a little bit into possibly why he will eventually get to, to at least travel, if not as a full-time companion, at least on a couple yeah. of adventures. Yeah, I think I'm so. How they're going to play that in.
0: I, I think that was deliberate, you know, that that Clara is now, you know, warming up to a a, uh, a soldier, and, you know, and she made a point at the end of this episode, you know, that she doesn't have a problem with soldiers. You know, at least she, I forget exactly how she said it, but, you know, she said it's I don't have I don't, yeah, yeah I, don't. I don't. We don't right, yeah. reference... With obvious reference to what the doctor had said, yeah.
3: Exactly, exactly. Um, You know, if I was looking for an overall theme here, you know, it was almost with the Dalek the question of are we predestined to be what we are? Because he went through so much going through with Clara and the others to change this good Dalek. And then at the end, the Dalek, you know, sees the hatred, sees his own hatred. And one thing that I noticed, and very, very rarely, does Doctor Who creep me out. And the scene at the end, right, you know, right before uh, he goes back and Clara sees Danny, that the scene with the Dalek and uh, Capaldi and Clara as they're about to leave with the Dalek looking back at the Doctor. That to me was very, very creepy. And I mean, good creepy. But uh-huh. you know, I, I I really liked how they uh, staged that, and how the said, "No, Dunk, you are a good dalek." I, th- I thought that was, a, you know, a good powerful scene. So kudos to them for that. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers here, but uh, what did what did you guys think of uh, Missy, her uh, scene there?
1: Yeah, let me. Uh... In, in terms of. The actress are in terms of who who we think that's going to turn out to be
3: well, no, no, what you what what are your feelings on what might be uh transpiring here
1: well i mean the, to my point she, she's either some uh, adversary who's uh, who's sort of keeping a catalogue of the doctor 's enemies maybe to to uh, Bring them against him, uh, like was used in the Pandorica where all the different uh, uh, alien races got together against the Doctor. You know, the box is to put you in, Doctor. You're the, you know, you're the most dangerous man in the universe. Whether she's, uh, you know, you know, my was it my, my enemies are my enemies or my friends or something, uh, and she's gathering them to it. But uh, again, I think it was on on this show one shot last week, wasn't it, that somebody pointed out, maybe it was you, Carla. that um, could she be an Eternal? Um, I mean, we know that the Eternals collect people like butterflies um, and have a different view of uh, things. Maybe she's an Eternal and... And, and she's just taking a fancy to the doctor as a
3: as sort
0: of hobby, you know. She's the black gardener. Um,
3: you know, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading the chat, and I have to make a comment of something that Jim and Kathleen just uh, referred to. And, and I actually like this idea. She, they say that she could be a corrupted version of Clara and with the mention of my boyfriend, considering, you know, that they made such a good reference to that last week mm. about the doctor not being hurt, uh, Clara's boyfriend, so that that's a good observation there.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah. possibility, though.
3: Well, one thing I did notice, uh, and I think this was also deliberate that we'll see later on in the series, is uh, I speculate uh, that the way that the um, person was saved in this episode by Missy is going to be exactly the same way that the doctor saved the soldier at the beginning and you know to not have any spoilers here on something that I've read I won't say any more than that but I will say that I speculate that that has to be the same way that both of them uh, you know were saved so but all in all I thought it was a great episode Uh, I um, you know I didn't I didn't think that I would like the Clara and this doctor's um, banter back and forth, but it's starting to grow on me. I'm having to relearn to like Clara, because last episode really almost turned me off to her, and uh, I'm learning to like her again. So, um, I think that's the purpose of bringing Danny in, is to give that third point of view, so to speak. But all in all, I think I would give it about a 3.5 out of 5.
1: Oh, very good. Good. Um, I, I suppose I should have said my. I, I would certainly have a very strong four. I think. Um, uh, I may even move that up. I may even move my Bing up. Uh, and um, for for this week, I'll call it four Rusties.
0: <laughs> well, um, Shiraz, who was Shiraz sixty six, who had to leave. She was in a uh, heap. I'm not sure if it was if it's a if. I, I, forgive me. Um it's Trevor. Trevor is um th- 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 when you're in chat you have you uh, you could use a um a handle so I forgive me. Um so he had mentioned that handles? Handles handles man. Uh, you're not the cyber. But handles is let himself go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh he had said that he had to go and he's giving it um four out of 5 for for this episode. All right, Kyle. Thank you so much. And uh, um,
3: thank you very much. I'll see you guys next week.
0: Yeah, looking forward Cheers. to it. Cheers.
3: Cheers.
0: All right, let's. Um, we'll continue with another clip.
2: Uh, what is this stuff?
1: People. Daleks need protein. Occasionally, they harvest from the victims. This is an eating tube.
2: Is Ross here? Yeah.
1: Top layer, if you want to say a few words.
2: A man has just died. You will not talk like that!
1: A lot of people have died. Everything in here is dead. Do you know why that's good? There is nothing
2: good about that! Nothing is alive in here.
1: So, logically, this is the weakest spot of the Daleks' internal security. Nobody guards the dead. Mortuaries and larders. Always the easiest to break out of all. I've lived a life. Tell Uncle Stupidly Marine.
3: A bolt hole! He'll get us out of
2: here. The difficult part is not killing him before he can. <laughs> bolt hole.
1: Actually, a hole for a bolt. Does nobody get that? Also, there's the puns. Watch it. Decontamination
3: chips are hot.
2: An only threat displaced. Dalek levels returning to normal parameters. Rescue
3: 1 to mission control. This is Blue Rescue 1 report.
2: The Dalek has an internal defence mechanism. We've lost Ross.
3: What kind of defence mechanism? That thing knows you're in there to help it.
2: Yeah, well, who knows? It's a Dalek. We're going to continue the mission.
1: Are you are right back there? It's a bit narrow, isn't
2: it? Any remarks about my hips will not be
3: appreciated. Ah, your hips are fine. You're built like a man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's some quite funny quips in it really what yeah,
0: set the darkness the, the banter between the two um, yeah again you know and I thought that might have made an ep- a better episode name you know Into Into Darkness instead of Into the Dalek it just um, seems to give it, a, give it too much away with Into the Dalek right yeah, let me, I'm going to jump into another clip. This is uh, uh, something that I think that you were referring to before.
3: How's he working out?
2: Hard to say, he's...
1: I've got it. I know what's wrong with Rusty.
2: Okay, that's good. Is that good?
1: Well, you know how I said this was the most dangerous place in the universe? I was wrong. It's way more dangerous than that.
2: Colonel? We have radiation indicators redlining in here. Could be that the Dalek is more badly damaged than we thought. Copy that. Old Rusty here is suffering a
1: trionic radiation leak. It's poisoning the Dalek and us. Just as well we're here.
2: Really? Perhaps we should get out while we can. Why should we trust a Dalek? Why would it change? Good question, Rusty. What changed you?
3: I saw beauty. You saw what? The silence and the cold. I saw worlds burning.
1: That's not beauty, that's destruction. I saw
2: more. What? What did you see?
1: The burn of a star. Stars born every day. You've seen a million stars more. So what? Mm-hmm. Alex, have destroyed a million stars. Oh, millions and millions. Trust me, I keep count.
3: And yet, new stars are born every time. Resistance is futile. Resistance to what? Life returns. Life prevails. Resistance is futile.
1: So you saw a star being born, and you learned something. Oh, Dalek, do not be
3: lying to me. Come on.
2: Ionic
3: power cell kernel. Radiation approximately 200 rads. Danger levels.
2: Radiation levels
0: increasing. Resistance is futile. That that actually goes back to before the Borg. If you uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that it was in that too as well. So, um, it's a it's a it's a popular um, meme, if you will, in, in sci-fi.
1: Now we haven't got anybody else in audio just at the moment, but we we've got uh, another rating or two in the the text. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, Wonder Dan Bell, uh, four out of five, really enjoyed it. One Dan Bell, is that right? And Clans. T. McKinnon, uh five out of
0: five. Wow.
1: So uh, I think I think this was. Um, um, I'm not saying that the other episode was not a good episode, but I think some people um, had some issues with it, and maybe because of the length, some people... I mean, don't get me wrong, I I do like the first episode of a series to be long, um, but uh, this episode, I think, was nearly 47 minutes, which was a couple of minutes uh, over what we've sometimes come to have. Sometimes it's only been 43, 44, 45 minutes. Uh, and we've had specials that have only been sixty-five minutes long, uh, and we had a, a special that was uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. I think so. It was eighty-five minutes, eighty-four minutes. Uh, I thought the first one was a little bit overlong, had been stretched to fit, um, you know, a cinema viewing. Yeah. This to me uh, felt much more of a, a balanced episode, um, and had all the makings of really. Um, You know, good thing. Uh, Yeah, it was much tighter. My brother-in-law watched it. He, he, you know, uh, he he almost objected to Matt Smith being in the first one because he said, I've already accepted Gigi Cavalli. He he likes all the different doctors. It's not that he wanted anyone to go, but he he said, you know, this man came on screen. And I thought, he's the doctor.
0: And, well, yeah, there was no, oh, woe is me, where's my doctor gone? No, he has a point. I mean, in, in a sense... Matt Smith was competing with Peter uh, Peter Capaldi in last week's episode. You know, it it, it seems. You know, I mean, as much as it was a nice scene, and uh, you know, it's something that I don't think we'll see again. The future, I mean, who knows? But I, I I, I think, um, you know, there's a reason why um, you, you don't really see that in you know in the past either.
1: Yeah, it was a brave decision to do it, because it could have backfired, it could have taken the limelight off Peter Cavalli, as, as it is, he's such a commensurate actor that I don't think it did. Um, I, I, and let's face it, I mean, Matt Smith in his own way, uh, he had to follow, uh, you know, David Tennant, very big shoes, I thought, to fill, still my favourite Doctor, um, who he supplanted the second Doctor, um but I think there's an awful lot here, and I definitely get the sense that uh, we we are seeing, um, uh, was it a reimagining of Doctor Who here? Uh, I hope we're going to get a little bit away from the fairy tales, which is one I of the reasons so. why this Missy thing yeah. I could almost do without. Same here. Because this story seems a little bit hard science fiction to me. You know, it was in the mould of 42 and, and stories like that where, you know, we're out in space... Uh, uh, and, you know, we've got a, a problem to solve. Um, so I don't really want to be dragged back to some sort of, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Like, Unfortunately, uh, Mary I think we Ponsy are. woman yeah. with an umbrella.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I, it was, in fact, when she appeared in this episode, it was sort of a disappointment. You know, I'm like, oh, this is, gonna, this is what it's going to be every episode. You know, when someone dies, they, I guess we're going to expect them to... Um, uh, missy's gonna you know welcome to have welcome them to heaven All Right. well and and, and and to that point here we go
2: tell me the truth is he mad or is he right i've come this far probably gonna die anyway wouldn't mind something to do for the rest of my life is he mad or is he right hand on my heart my stacy's both one question then. Is this worth it?
1: I can turn one Dalek, I can down them all. I can save the future.
2: Gretchen, Allison, Carlyle. Do something good and name it after me.
1: I will do something amazing. I promise.
3: Done well better. No. Gretchen!
0: Welcome to heaven. All right, so I guess we're, yep. we're going to be seeing more of Missy in um, in upcoming up episodes.
1: That thing about that girl sacrificing herself there, because she knew it was a death sentence. Once she fired that thing and it was sort of stabbed, it would stab and hold the line in for them to 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 get up there. um that's a, a, an old trove of doctors, isn't it? Where you know the, the, somebody sacrifices them, like in Midnight, we've got the uh, you know the the woman that runs the car who, um, mm-hmm. who sacrifices herself, and in and know, so many ways, and um, you know the oncoming storm thing that was talked about, uh, and the um, uh, Martha when she says uh, about the doctor, you know that um, you know people burn around him. Um, so uh, you know. Uh, I, I do feel as though this is Doctor Who. Now, that, that doesn't mean that it hasn't been Doctor Who for a while, but I, I do feel as though there's definitely been a, a little bit of, um, you know, a, a repositioning of uh, of things, uh, hopefully not getting too fanciful although the Missy aspect of it, worries me somewhat, uh and, and and into good storytelling an episode that you can sit down and you're not scratching your head too much but yet when you you watch it back a few times there's some lots of little clues in there uh, and maybe uh, things that are um you know portent for things to come i don't really want to know i mean if kyle or anybody else here knows anything else don't put anything else in in about future episodes because um, there may be people in the chat client myself included that are trying to sort of watch and enjoy these episodes as they unfold. We've, we've only got t- 12 of them. We're, we're one episode down, aren't we, on uh, last year? Well, we've got 13, but we think the 13th is the Christmas one. We're not getting 13 and a Christmas one. So um, these weeks will go thick and fast. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, We're into September coming up soon. Happy Labour Day for those people in the States tomorrow. Uh, and if you're listening to this edit that Lewis has taken 15 days to get out, <laughs> then uh, I hope you had a lovely uh, Labor Day two weeks ago. Happy Halloween. Happy <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. Ba-bum-bum>. Halloween. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I'm with you, Dave. I could really, I mean, they could extract Misty, the missy component out of these episodes, and I would be fine with that. I I don't think I you know I expressed it last week that I don't think every series, every season, if you will, needs to have an a um, an arc, you know, a, a over, you know, an arc going through all the episodes, you know, and that's going to lead up to the series finale, and it's going to be epic and all that. Um, you know, you could have an epic series finale, but it doesn't need to be something that, you know, piece by piece, we start, you know, have to, you know, piece things together. And I don't, it's, you know, I'm not saying that you can't do it once in a while, but it just seems like it's formula now. You know, every, you know, you know, it's just like we have a Dalek episode every, every series, every season. But I, someone had said, I don't know how true this is, that it was... Um, that was part of the getting the rights to use the Daleks in the new series that they, they had to um, agree to use them every, every year. Because in the past, right. we've gone years without Daleks, you know, and then they would come back and it made their return that much more epic. Now it's sort of standard fare. You know, we're going to see at least one Dalek per series, per season. You know, overall, uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed this episode. I liked it. Though um, I'm not going to give it as strong as a rating as, as some of the others, I'm, I'm going to give it three out of five. Tartarus groans. Uh, I was, you know, I, I, as I implied before, you know, it, it wasn't a deal breaker, but it just seemed like the main theme of it going inside the Dalek has been used before, and I, I wish it was more original. I wish. I mean, I really enjoyed. Um, that it was a story that took place in the future in space and not on Earth. I enjoyed the scenes with uh, Clara and, and the Doctor, and I enjoyed the scenes with uh, Clara and Danny Pink and, and their introduction and where things are going there. Um, I liked the the, the, the theme of um, you know what was going on with the Dalek and having to you know the. the um, you know trying to change the Dalek into good and, and and that thing, I just wish it was done in a different way instead of actually physically shrinking down and going inside the Dalek I, I you know like i said I, I think we 've seen this before, and um, so I, I just I thought that part of it that 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 aspect of this episode was not as original as I had hoped it was going to be, but otherwise um, you know i didn 't hate it I liked it. Um, I thought the pacing was better. there was lots of you know, and I think they probably invested a lot of their budget into the effects the um, the special effects here the space scenes the lots of explosions at the end there we have docks exploding and <laughs> every every other scene and um so um so yeah i just I just wish um maybe they went a different route with with getting from point a to point b in this episode instead of you know treading through areas that we've already been through before or you know but for younger viewers this might be all new material so you know um it could be my own bias okay uh, just a reminder if you want to give your feedback and you're not here live you can always send it to uh feedback at net. you can record something uh most smartphones have Voice memo capabilities, you can record something there and just send it to us um, to that address, that feedback at Podshock.net. Or you can just even type an email to it, though. So this is an audio podcast, so we do prefer audio, but um, we'll take whatever feedback you have. Or you can call the Podshock public call box, and that works like voicemail. You call 206-337-4699. And that's, again, that's a U.S. number. 206 is an area code in the U.S., so just be aware of that call any time um, 24 hours a day 28 hours a day how, how many hours you have in your day you can call it and leave a message
1: all right well I think uh, are we going to go with the next time bit
0: or not we can we can here we go
2: there is someone that I always wanted to meet it's Robin Hood no damsels in distress see
3: him. No, Richard Castle. no such thing as Robin
0: Hood yeah. and that's what we'll be reviewing next week at the same channel same time excellent And you can also um, catch the Cultum Collective, which is on two hours before us at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on TalkShoe, and uh, they're covering Doctor Who as well. And Dave Dave and Ian are hosting that.
1: Yep. You're most welcome to join us. Call ID 54821.
0: All right. So it's not only Doctor Who Day on Saturday, it's Doctor Who Weekend because Saturday you got – new Doctor Who, and Sunday you spend the whole day talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, well, thank you, Dave, and thank you all our listeners and and, and all our participants in chat and uh, voice and um, you know, every... Oh, we got the smoke signals as well, um, though they take a little bit bit more time to decipher. But, um... So, until next week, I guess that's it, right? Yep, and... By
1: then we won't be rusty anymore, will we?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was complaining last week being rusty, so uh, now I'm now I'm uh, well, whatever. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm not rusty. All right, I, I'm I'm just well. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working with no sleep here. I'm still up from yesterday, so uh, forgive me. Coffee my... over here, please. Coffee for Mr. Louis Trepone. Uh, yeah, coffee, I, I got some iced tea here. Um, I had coffee right before it. So uh, forgive my little... Um, if I if I sound like a bit of an airhead, uh, but whatever. I'm, I'm tired of apologizing for my uh, lack of sleep. So, uh, but cheers. Until next week, have fun. Enjoy your week. Enjoy, as, as Dave said, if you're celebrating Labor Day or even if you're not in labor... Um, celebrate the weekend and celebrate your time and uh, be safe and um, we'll see you here next week cheers bye Bye. you have been listening to Dr. Who Parchock presented to you by the fan run org. Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Dr. Who Parchock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way Dr. Who Podchock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. inform that ridiculous contraption that I am not rusty.